Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Thursday, November 12th. In this episode, the international break is upon us and doom set in. But we have a U.S. men national team with a big test versus Mexico in its home state of Ohio. But first, Mike, what do you have to say about this strange World Cup schedule that you believe is going to destroy English football? <laughs> so I've been you know, complaining about it since 2010 when I was leading the charge of the American Outlaws. I don't know if I was with them yet, but it was clear and present that, you know, this was going to upset the equilibrium of world football. Um, well, let's take a step back. Fast forward because 12 the years. Wor- but the cu- the World Cup, for the first time ever in a, to be fair, known and clearly corrupt bidding process that literally destroyed FIFA and put three men in jail, but they still kept a World Cup, is going to have the World Cup in the winter for the first time. Yeah. Um, and it is very disruptive. I'll say this. Uh, looking at it from a U.S. men's national team perspective, there is some some thought that you could argue that it actually benefits the U.S. I'll get into that in a second. But looking at the schedule on the whole, it came out today. Uh, we're literally a year out from the World Cup, which should be exciting. Normally, literally a year. Exciting. A year from today, almost. The reason why it's less than exciting is because as it is forcing all of the now the premier league schedule came out but all of the other uh european leagues and if you listen to the last episode you'll know why are going to follow suit because the premier league moves and everybody else follows um but they're effectively going to start earlier they're going to stop right around this time next year and they're going to stop for 6 weeks and that's going to go from i, I think the the dates were november 13th through like december 16th now, that's a problem in and of itself. Um, but the way that I see this is if you're, let's say, Harry Kane or you're Phil Foden or you're any of the star English players or realistically any any star international player playing in Europe who is going to be at the World Cup, you're going to be playing a week earlier. So you're going to have a shorter offseason. You're going to be playing mostly two games a week because you're probably going to be in Champions League or Europa League. You're going to be playing that many games in a short amount of time. And the biggest problem is that there's eight days between this the, the stop, if you will, of at least the Premier League. That's the only one we know so far. But again, it's clear that they'll all pretty much be the same to the first games of the World Cup. Eight days. Now, that they'll be in mid-season form. They'll be perfectly fine unless they're not, right? Mm. So there is a significant injury risk that is in play here that I think the players in October and and probably earlier than that too are going to be mindful of. This is not a thing that exists often. Playing for your country in a World Cup is a privilege, it is an honor, and it is very, very rare. Right, only the absolute tippy top of the one percent get to do it year uh, uh, cycle after cycle after cycle. Unless mm-hmm. you're an American, for some guys they're done. Case. I mean, like Harry Harry Kane, this might be his last one, right? Exactly. He's 29. Okay, think of it. Is he going to come back? That's at a great. 33? That's a great example. No. In in in, in, a, in a in a in an England side that looks all signs say they're going to have, you know, pl- you know, quality behind him. So 
if you're Harry Kane, this is his, I mean, 2018 was too, but this is his best last shot, really bringing it home, right? Bringing a, a medal home for England. Mm. Um, are you going to be, think about how Harry Kane plays the game, right? He's always getting kicked. He's always getting, right now, you know, badly. And all that stuff. Uh, yeah, no, but like he's, he's always, <laughs> he gets the shit. He gets knee injuries, ankle injuries, stepped on, fouled, all that shit, right? Week in and week out. In October next year, do you think he's really going to be getting stuck in for Spurs? And I'm using him as the example, but example could make over the over the span of Europe, right? Um, I think that in addition to this being completely fucking ludicrous and spanning the season, which is going to feel so out of sorts. Some of the best things about the World Cup is that it's is summer, that it's in the summer, and that it's exciting, yeah. and that there's nothing really the fuck else going on. Right? You're going to have you're going to have every other sport in the world is going to be competing with. Um, it, it has its own. Not that it's not the biggest international competition. It's think bigger of, than the Olympics. All that about shit. The, like this. It's the stretch run of the NFL. You think Americans are going to pay attention to it? No, no fucking chance. No, no. And yeah, the World just, Cup is about outdoor and in the summer. Americans yeah. aren't going to be standing outside freezing their asses off watching screens. No, no fucking way. It, it, well, no. Well, and that's the thing, right? You see that. I mean, look, go back to just the Euro, right? And and the box park um, videos of the, the, all the beer going up, right? The fields with the TVs and this big screens. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to have that. You're not going to have that. So you're you're missing a. You're straight away missing out on a lot of the beauty because the in stadium atmosphere, you don't really get much. It's almost like it's a Super Bowl atmosphere inside the stadium because you have fans of both teams for sure. But it's not like there's an overwhelming yeah. amount, right? There's there's gonna be a lot of neutrals people too. getting wasted and going to games in Qatar. It's not Brazil. It's not. Oh, I'm not going to, going Qatar. to Qatar. I'm going to be wasted here. Yeah, no, I'm not. Exactly. I'm not going to Qatar, I, but I'll be wasted. It, it's a disaster. But I don't agree with you. I don't think that. Let me take a step back. I don't think that in the Premier League. I don't know about other leagues. The Premier League. Maybe I'm in like this Premier League exceptionalism. I think we're going to hear this TV contract come out. The bids are coming back in. They're going to so NBC, CBS, and ESPN are putting second bids in. So the bids are going to come back. The Premier League is going to be washed with cash again. Okay. They're going to spend again. I don't think there's anyone okay. left to buy at this point. Sure. But the competitive nature of the league is that. They're going to come out, and you have to play to win. The Premier League is not a league that you can take your foot off the gas. It simply doesn't happen in England, ever. Never has. I think, no, but listen, I think that this is so unprecedented that this is going, what, do the players see that money immediately? Nope. Are they all going to sign new contracts because ESPN bought the fucking U.S. rights? No. So, but it's the competition. It's, it's the competition of the players underneath okay. them. You cannot okay. mail it in. Your spot will be taken. Okay, and that's that's a good argument, right? That's that I agree with that. You can't all of a sudden three week three months before the tournament look like a bag of shit. No. I totally understand. Like MLS, sure, no relegation, shit league. They they could shut the fucking no, league I, down I for all they it, care. See, you're looking at it. You're close. It's not from the team perspective. Fuck the clubs. This doesn't matter to the clubs at all. I'm looking at it to a man, to a player, to an international star, right? And maybe the you fringe players, maybe this will make. You cannot, 
as a brand, as a player, as a player's individual brand, be seen as mailing it in in the Premier League for the fucking World Cup. There's, you can't let's go do back it. to Harry Kane. No, let's go back to Harry Kane. The World Cup starts in a week, right? This year. Is Harry Kane leading the line for England? Yes, because Southgate's a moron. Yeah, he is. No, because he's the best fucking player England has, and it isn't even close, okay? So here's the deal. The the nailed on will be it nailed on. It is close, on. and he's not. It's okay. <laughs> it's not close. He will be nailed on, okay? So what I'm because telling England you is— Because England doesn't have why, any options, honestly. Oh, Christ almighty. This is ridiculous. Go, go. You know what? You know where you belong? With Shaka and those schmucks on fucking ESPN. Worthless. He's, because he has one goal in the, 10 games. He's been terrible for the whole season. He has 12 goals for Spurs this year. Okay. Against in teams that are better than England would play in the fucking World Cup. So I don't want to hear it. But nonetheless, the point is, is that the best players are going to let take their foot off the gas because they do not want to risk something that may not ever happen again. The Premier League is old hat. The Premier you're League using exists. The, you're using the, the term best players. You, in, you cannot be the best players and mail it in. Yeah, you I won't mean, be the best. Those players that are at that level, that see yeah. the World Cup as their game, cannot play at lower levels, right? They can't take it down. That is not what makes them the best is that every week is important and they do play on and they, they give it a hundred thousand percent. Harry okay. Kane comes back early from injuries when he shouldn't. Harry Kane yeah, plays you, games that's in my Europa point. League. He's not going to do shouldn't. that shit. He's he not going to do that shit. Because he always no, he's does. not going to. And it's not a Harry Dude, Kane. It's like, this is the nature uh, and he's, he's, of great players. They play. He's the... No, this is my fucking point. They have broken world football. They will not because of this, right? Your point is is valid because for the entirety of the last, what, uh, 90 years? 90? It's been about now. 1930. It's been in the summer. It's been different. It's been totally separated. You have eight days, not six weeks. Okay, yeah. an ankle injury you can heal from in six weeks. If you no, get no, no. If you're injured, in you're West out. Ham, you missed the whole thing. That's what I'm fucking telling yeah. you. When, well, I mean, and I don't. The other thing I'm curious about is when is the rosters going to be required to be put in? Because usually it's about fifteen to thirty days beforehand. Can't do that. Can't do that. No, it'll. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, that part I don't know either. The whole I mean, thing the is a thing, disaster. The one, the one thing is, is like you're looking at it from an individual perspective. If the players do indeed have power and i think they do i think the fifa and the uefa institutions have abused the players there is a oh, of course they have there is a there is a nod to players and and they and the pr machine of those institutions can get the press behind them forever the players especially in the premier league should just be like we're not we're not going but they won't yeah. because it's nationalism no, and you can't even do it but they do have the power. It just takes Messi, Ronaldo, Harry Kane. It take it doesn't even take a lot of guys. It takes 15 guys and that yep. cup will cease. Or oh, yeah. they'll play it without them. And it won't be the World Cup. Uh yeah, no, I was going to say they'll play it without them. At this of point, they because... have to that there's too much money. Yeah, there's too much but money. But it'll be it will be the this let's mark it down. Camera and record. Let's save it. What's the time it uh, at, a, at I'm going to wait till the 12th minute and say what I have to say. <laughs> okay 
12. This will be the worst World Cup in history with the lowest ratings, with the lowest fan participation. Period. End of yeah. story. It will be. I don't think that's even close. Bad. Yeah. Awful. It's going to be yep. as bad as Italian 90, which for England was famous, but was actually shit. Guys getting kicked, riots, uh, the lowest goal scores per game. It was a disaster. In fact, they fucking changed the rules after it and got rid of the back pass. So anyway, speaking of world-class players who would be in a World Cup, we do have our friend, Mr. Steven Gerrard, taking over at Aston Villa. That's the big news. And then- Steven Gerrard leaving Rangers after an undefeated season and going to Aston Villa. There has been conversation in the talk sport realm, which is basically a shit version of Mike and the Mad Dog or a shit version of Sports Talk Radio in England that there says a shit that version of Squeaky Bum Time. Yeah, a shit. Ver- we we, <laughs> we go we go at them directly. That Rangers are a bigger club and Steven Gerrard owed Rangers to stay for the rest of the season and that he shouldn't take this team. Let me again look right in the camera. You people are fucking crazy. It's Scotland. He literally can't be better. He went undefeated. He can never be better than that. He has nothing left to do there. Right. He stopped Celtic from winning their 10 in a row. He went undefeated in a professional soccer league. It's really fucking hard. (laughs) And he didn't just go there one year, do it and leave. He's built that team second place, second place, able to bring it up, get it better. And now he is taking what, Mike, what would you say is the Villa job? Is that about as good a job as you're going to get? So for a first-time Premier League manager, nobody's under any illusions about what may come next for him. Yes, it is. It's it's a cut-your-teeth job. It's a, hey, I belong in this league job, right? But his first five games, starting in nine days— Brighton at home, Palace away, tough game. Manchester City at home, Leicester at home, Liverpool in thirty days' time at Anfield. What does he need from that? Did you say five games? Five games. That's fifteen points. I'd say he needs five. (laughs) Like he needs to beat. He needs to beat Palace away. If he beats Palace away and loses the other four games. Especially with the side that he has right I, now, that in I, the form they're in, fine. I think he's got to get points. Bright- he's got to get Brighton. I love Brighton, but beating Brighton, Brighton's and way taking- better than them right now. Right now, but not talent-wise. Villa's better. How much can he do in 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 nine days? Here's the thing that I think. Eight days. Here's the thing that I think is really really powerful that we who sort of like analytics and stuff kind of can't get around. And I use Zidane and Pep to a lesser extent as the example. When a guy like Steven Gerrard walks into that dressing room, he has an immediate level of gravitas that is beyond the scope of how good your other types of managers, how good Brendan Rodgers can never be as good in the first moment as Gerrard. Graham Potter will never be as good in those moments when Steve Gerrard walks in and says, this is how it's done, you know, I'll talk to you about fucking Istanbul. I'll talk to you about moments when it's hard. You think this is hard? Were you down 3-0 to fucking enter? 
I mean, to, to AC Milan? No, I was. We're doing it my way. Yeah. I'm fucking Steven Gerrard, and you are a piece of shit. <laughs> and let's I have approved fucking, this message. Right, and let's, let's fucking go <laughs> because I've got this. So I think there'll be a bump. I think there'll be an intimidation factor. Um, Rangers played good stuff. Now, it's Rangers. It's Scotland. They're always going to be attacking. I think the question he's going to be for Villa is, how does he get the balance right between going, I want to attack, and this team needs a win badly. Oh, badly. Um, the tough game, I think the, the the games they'll be judged on are, are Brighton. Brighton's Brighton slowly, and Palace. Brighton and Palace. He needs those six. And then what are the other three? Oh, City, say? Leicester, and then Liverpool away. If you if you give up less than four, you you've done great at Anfield with this side right now. This is look. a team that beat Man United not hard, but it mattered when it happened, and then lost five in a row. So we can't really see wh- where are they, right? Like where Listen, they had a great both... game against against um, Chelsea, and then we were like, how did they lose three goals? It's a defense. They've got to figure out what to do with Mings. They've got to get Emmy Martinez rested and back being. Otherworldly. He can't but he's just not be rested. normal. He's in fucking Argentina right now. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, look, there's – we don't know anything about Aston Villa 11 games in. We walked into the season going, man, they lost Grealish, but they spent that money so well. I, I've said it on the show before. Emmy Buendia has been just – so far, let's call it what it is, a disaster signing for what they paid for him. For yeah. – okay, put it this way. If a Man City or a Liverpool or a Spurs even spends thirty million on a player, hi Gio Celso, and uh, also Argentina, and he, um, you know, he flops, that hurts, but it doesn't kill you. If Aston Villa sell Jack Grealish and they spend a third of that on a player and he doesn't come good, at least at some point this season, that is impossible to come back from, right? That is that is how you get relegated. Right. Yeah. So they really need him to come good, but they've also been without Bailey. He's back in the lineup, sort of. Um, I yeah. just there's something. There's, it, there's it's a, it's a tough it's a there. tough job, but a good job. And we'll see. Yes. What, no, I'm what, not. What I'm not the man saying is it's not of. a good job. I'm not saying it's not a good job. But or okay, the, the flip on, side of it is, are they as good as we thought they were? And was it just Grealish? Well, I'd like to I'd like to challenge your we'll get to that in a second. I, I'd like to challenge your when when I walk into the room and I'm Steven Gerrard and I, I immediately command respect. Listen, even Ole got no, that United on. team won like fourteen in a row under but Ole. Ole did it at United. If Steven Gerrard walks in the room at Aston Villa and goes, Hey guys, what's up? I'm you know, I'm I'm I know how to do it. This is how we're gonna do it, and this is my way, this is why, blah blah blah. To some of the guys in that room go, and fuck you. You're just here to, to trampoline to Liverpool. It's a good, good question. It's a tricky question. Do the players just look at the clock and go, hey, you're here. You're you're we're a you're here to keep us up now that I mean, that's fair. But, you know, um, I keep forgetting his name. Was it Dean Smith? No. Yes. Yeah. Dean Smith was a through and through Villa guy. And yeah. that didn't help him either, right? Like they thought no, that he it, wouldn't it, go it, anywhere. I think it probably gave him two more games than he than he probably deserved at the end. <laughs> but maybe. But think about it, right? Like all the outpouring of love for him. Yeah. Listen, you're, I, you're I, replacing that guy. 
Yeah, and you I, are not I, one I of like, them. I, I, the Villa fans are kind of like, you got rid of Dean Smith for, for this guy. I'm a little skeptical. They're worried. I don't That's know who they I'm could saying. have got instead. Uh, I don't know what's going no, on there. He was I mean, the, right the guy choice. I think I of is like Chris Wilder just went to Middlesbrough. So these these English kind of guys that could be at that club, uh, guys, I know Dean Smith sort of lifted them. They were really in, an, in a nether region where like, what's going to happen to Villa? And they and he turned it around, sort of brought no, their, they, they're very much a, we've got our club back. Can Gerard pick that up, get a hold of Buendia and be like, you're like me a fiery guy, a guy who gets reds. Can he try and run the show, get on the ball more and start to link up with Bailey? Those guys need to find the shot creation yes. that, that Grealish was doing by himself. I mean, it was in, yeah. uncanny, but what a, Grealish was everywhere. He'd come deep. He'd take the ball from the midfield all the way across. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He'd go stand in the corner and he'd get fouled or yeah. he'd just keep going. So we'll see. I, 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 I have faith in Gerard. I really like him. Uh, the one I don't have faith in is the rumored link of Lampard to Norwich. I'm like, first of all, I don't think Lampard is a good coach. Second of all, Norwich are going down like if you take that that's job, a, yeah, that's a bad marriage. You for both sides. are going to what? Is it just to develop Oliver Skip? I mean, who is your other guy? Sorry, Billy Gilmore, because maybe Not my Lampard, guy. That's a Chelsea guy. Yeah, right. Maybe Lampard has some connection to Gilmore, and he's going to push kick that on. I, I thought Stephen Weber, who's the yes. one, he's who's the, for lack of a better word, the like Daryl Morey of the Premier League, because he's actually out front. He's a weird GM who, who's out front. Like he actually does the talking outside. Yeah, of, yeah, you're talking about Farka. Does he, this gives me pause because I'm like, if, what? or is it media driven that just like, oh, Frank's the next guy and Lampard is there, and so Stevie G Lampard, let's make that narrative happen so they can both come into the league again together and go against each other. Right. Well, look, that doesn't help. That doesn't help Norwich stay up, right? Right, but but, but, the, but the media makes that. Story, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But if I'm if I'm Norwich, I don't touch Lampard. I don't think he's a good. Sorry, Tuchel doing what he did at Chelsea made Lampard look a terrible coach. And no, he was he was I okay did. at Chelsea, but what Lamp what Tuchel did made Lampard look terrible. Well, what Lampard did made Lampard look terrible. Also, no, but he was he was. I don't think anyone thought that he was a bad coach, but I think Tuchel made him look bad. I thought he was a bad coach, but I agree with both, right? Like I think right. that that's that's yeah. And well, the and, first the first season was okay, right? He did the transfer ban. He plays Tammy. He plays the babies. You know, he he takes one for the team. Basically, they market it as like, oh, Frank's here. We don't have a transfer. We lost Hazard, and we still made the top four. What a good sure. job Frank did. They made the I top guess. four on 64 points, by the way. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, the question I would, is, I wouldn't what do we do for Norwich, Norwich job? They're fucked. Yeah, but like, but what, okay, they had a philosophy that was pretty, for a shit team, which we always loved. I had a soft spot for Norwich because they would go for it. They would play the game, right? We talked about yeah. this a lot in the show. Yeah. But you've just fired your coach who had that philosophy. So you he literally have, couldn't win in the Premier League. I understand, Literally. and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but now you have some soul searching to do. Now it's you have to call. figure out what are you now, 
right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to try and be, you know who the best, realistically, the best cha- choice for them is at this moment to try and stay up in the Premier League? It's Big Sam, right? Like If they want to do that. I don't think if, that they want to do but, that. I don't think they want to do that either. But do they want to, right? Like, do they want to get... If they wanted to continue kicking on at the same similar philosophy, you could argue they shouldn't have fired Farka, right? You like, could argue that. It is also, by the way, are you ready for the out-of-left-field call? I'm going to go try and it. say his name. It brings us back to our friends who uh, took on Roma. The coach of Bude Glimt, Kijel Knudsen, is perhaps an option to take over Ooh. for Norwich, the two-time Erles Dyson coach of the year, who's taken Burda Glunt and won the Nor the Norwegian league out of nowhere. I think is he an innovator? By the way, is he the kind of guy that, that Norwich would take? You bet your fucking ass he is. <laughs> I think now that I, I realize uh this is probably football. what we were getting shit for punching down on. And you know what? We were, and it was funny, and I'm not sorry about it because you know what? It was coming from a place of love because you beat Mourinho. Yeah, uh, the bear fuckers. Get the bear fuckers coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of um, the uh, the play. The, the, who was Tottenham almost signed, and then Paratici pulled the plug on it. I don't know why. I can't re- think of his name right now. Uh, before before Nuno, uh, he was he was Roma's coach last year. Uh, oh, 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 Fonseca. He's everywhere. Paul Fonseca. He yeah. would be, but again, if you're Paulo Fonseca, why would you take the Norwich job? No, you don't right? take the Norwich job. That's why you get in Knudsen and uh, you get him out of Burda after his, after his, uh, you know, six, his, his master class, his eight, two on aggregate <clears throat> against the greatest coach of the last 30 years. TM uh, trademark by himself, by, by Mourinho. You know, uh, respect, respect. One, two, three. More than everyone in the league. That was one of the greatest fucking things. But I would, I would roll a dice on a guy like that. And the guy, and the, and the guy from from Norway, uh, Nutsen, that's the kind of guy you take a chance on because for him, going to the Premier League is awesome. He's like, I'll take Norwich. I'm just gonna be on fucking TV. This is gonna be great. Uh, Mike's camera is gone, but I will continue with my. I'm uh, back. Thought of- I'm back. I, I, I will continue with uh, Kajit. I can't even say his name. Kajito Nutsen, who is the coach of Buda Glimt in the um, in the uh, what the hell is it called? The Elite. It's the Bear Fucker League. Yeah, I am. By the way, going to be in uh, Bear Country in That's Sweden right. next week. Let's talk about. I that am first flying time. on Saturday to Stockholm, uh, nice. and I'm going to develop a syndrome, and I'm never coming back. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm petrified. There's no football, but I am going to try and watch Scotland play somewhere. Oh, that's right. The entire time you're there is the international break, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's Sweden stinks. already lost. So for those for those uh, who haven't seen, uh, and I have been trying to uh, bully him into this, uh, he's going to be – Laurent's going to be in Sweden, and I keep telling him you're w- – his job is sending him there, right? You're getting a yeah. free flight to Sweden. Go to Manchester. Just fucking tack on a vacation on the end of it and just be like, fuck it. I'm. Well, I, I, I was, and I have a vacation booked for Palm Springs. I'll have to try and go see John Hanford do comedy, and I will throw things at him. Just for Yeah, I'll oh, please do. I will definitely do that. Oh, he hates good. me already, which makes it even funnier. Oh, he loves you. 
He loves no, you. he doesn't. He loathes me. Uh, he, but no, John no, no. Hanford, he loves you. He hates himself. John ah. Hanford of Topps uh, Lore. Uh, very few people listening to the show will know who that is, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Many moons so we, ago. We've, we've got our managers. Their other news is Pogba is now Paul Pogba of the bench of Manchester United, sitting right next to Johnny Vanderbeek, uh, is now really on the bench next to Johnny Vanderbeek. He's out until after the new year. And the footage is he's literally practicing fucking taking free kicks and he blows out his goddamn uh, thigh muscle. So Which, he's by out. the way, let me be very clear about that. That shit is possible because I did a, a workout today, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday. I ran two fucking miles and I was running with the dog who you might have heard in the background who I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of after that we're done here. Don't beat dogs. We Nobody hurts dogs on this show. You know what? I might. I love him more than I love anybody in the world, but I'm going to beat the fucking shit out of him. Okay. Um, and I was kicking the ball with him and I loaded up and I nailed it. It was awesome. It went really far downfield. And I felt a pop in my fucking hamstring. So like that hey. shit happens. All right. Yeah, but so, how old are you? 33. Yes, that's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Paul yeah, Pogba yeah. is 28 and he's in a fraction of percent of the greatest athletes in the world. That yeah, shouldn't happen. True. So no. here is the narrative on, on Mr. Pogba. No, I'm, I'm calling you old. Uh, uh, well, I'm both. <laughs> uh, here's the narrative on Mr. Pogba. He's out of contract. There's no way in hell that United are going to re-sign him. Raiola is a genius to makes people re-sign people that they don't want somehow. Like they got fucking Ronaldo for some reason. Um, he's on the outs with Ole, but Ole is too weak to not play a star. He's on the outs with everybody in Manchester. Paul Scholes has been hammering him. Like yeah. at 30, he literally said... Paul Pogba is just one of those guys who just feels like he has to do a toll roll and try and hold someone off in the middle of the pitch. And he'll be doing it when he's 18 and he'll be doing it when he's 35 and people will just push him and take the ball off him because that's the kind of player he is. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's racist. It's a tinge. Uh, I don't think he likes his dyed hair. Uh, it is. There is. There's always a. There's. A, it's always the uppity African midfielder that no, people no, always. No, no. You know attack. why? Because he's more talented than anybody on the field, and he doesn't give a motherfuck. That's why. And he's only good for France because he's got N'Golo Kante right behind him. And tell the me, greatest that's racist. African player. Yeah. Tell me uh, that's no, it's racist. Not. I, but I, 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 I don't mean it's overt. I don't mean it's conscious. I just think that there is a thing that happens. It's like, oh, there's no scrappy black middle infielders. Right, they're always oh he's athletic right, and so he's naturally gifted. Show, just just the language, I mean, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, we no, don't have to go further this. into it. No, we should, we should because um, the show's the show a gets, league. Yes, did this. It was a okay. bit right. They're all comedians. Is Nick Kroll and and Steve Ranzizi and um, Paul Shear, um, who by the way went to my high school. Um, they had a bit. By the way, most most of most shows from ten years ago are no longer allowed because half the country hates happiness and hates a fucking sense of humor. But with the joke Not on was, this show, we will tackle difficult things like yeah. human bias and perception bias and how a weird white pasty English guy might just be biased against an African so you, tall player who's better than he was. If you're not familiar with the show, it's based it's a show based around a fantasy football league and it's friends and they're goofing around and they always hang out at a bar and they talk shit to each other and they just opine about sports 
tropes similar to how you and I do only they were funnier and uh and one in one episode they're talking about how um uh, a, a white right wide receiver is always considered scrappy and he's hungry right and he's just like yeah. and and uh a good Wayne black Corbett. player Wayne Corbett Wayne Corbett exactly a good black player is uh considered a class act He's a total yeah. class act. A Spanish player is a firecracker, right? Like yeah. you know, an All Asian player is always studious. So there's yeah. like there's there's like four or five. Listen, if if you watch sports and you listen to commentators, these a Russian, a Russian hockey player is always an enigma. Why? That's so fucking lazy. English. Because they don't speak English. <laughs> exactly. But so there's like four or five tropes. And yeah. I'm saying it's, it's really bad. Well, from like five, five, not five, six years, like eight or nine years ago. It's not bad. It's accurate because these jokes are coming from years of watching sports yeah. and sports commentary. But, they, but now the, it's being taken a lot more seriously now where they actually do the analysis of the words and they do know that they there is a bias towards these languages so we're just calling it dog whistles now is that what we're saying no 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 i'm just it it just happens it's not good or bad it's weird but pogba is an asshole uh he does stay on the ball too long and do toe rolls and lose the ball because we watch him give up goals because he does toe rolls all the time (laughs) so paul Scholes, paul skulls is not wrong it's just, but it's not because he's under attack all the time. But it gets really weird because, like, then Rio Ferdinand feels like he has to defend him. Then all the French players have to defend him. It's this whole thing of who is a United player and who's allowed to be a United player and who mm-hmm. the pundit class takes on. Anyway, my point is Pogba is pro- is probably available in January. If you, I was gonna say, where does he go? Is it PSG? Because there's a bunch of problem children over there. Might as well fuck one more to the group. Well, PSG, if you think about the way they handle transfers, and and I like to juxtapose them against City, they are the Lakers of football in that they want the star power in that city, and it's player-driven. And that's why no one can coach that team. And you, you're you a good coach. You go there, and it looks like everyone just goes, I wonder why you can't get anything out of the player. Well, maybe because the players just go to the owner and say, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so the player, ha- the coaches have no power, right? Yeah. Alex Ferguson couldn't coach that fucking team. They're no. not coachable because no. he would go to the owner, Haifa, I think his name is, and say, I don't want to do that. Like they they drove Tuchel out of town. He was fired in the midseason for not doing well enough in the Champions League, and then won winning the Champions, the Champions League. League. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we have a sense of what's going on there. Pogba going to Paris is probably the likely destination. I'm coming around on Real Madrid. Actually, are well run. I'm not. It feels weird to say it, but they. Either they broke and they're trying to manage their right. books. Well, they pivoted at the right time. Yes. Getting out of Ronaldo was smart. Mm-hmm. They did Spending the Spending right it all on Hazard was questionable. <laughs> I forgot about that. So that went badly. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's really bad. And I think they got – ultimately, yes, they have bail. It became a problem. I think they that deal, when they look back over time, went well. They got three, four good years out of them. Uh, did great. Let me stop you there. They got two game-winning Champions League final goals from yeah. that deal. Yeah, that deal was a success, right? But they're paying. But they're paying the back end of it. Like, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I know. Okay, I, I hear you. Like, it's like, uh, like Mark Teixeira, uh, 2012. Not yes. good. 
<laughs> yes. I'd say he was good. He was really good in 2012. But after that, yeah, that went well, down. Well, yeah, fast. sorry. My timing's off. I'm, no, I, no, no, you're right. I forget right. how long the deal is. Right. And that's the thing, right? Like teams like Real Madrid, teams like PSG don't appreciate. They First of all, they don't appreciate success. They no. don't appreciate winning. They don't appreciate trophies. And their fans are spoiled little baby bitches who expect it to the point where I've said it on the show before, to the point where I don't even know why they still do this. Because <laughs> the only thing they will get is check the box or disappointment. Right? There's no it's so superficial to them. It's so it's so this by the way, this is a really like, good segue into the US men's national team. <laughs> No, I because well, the opposite. Because Americans think the team's really good, and it's really just okay. Our no, best player. Americans who watch the game think they're shit. Like well, they, we know what's up. Americans who watch the women's team go, "Wow, I guess the men's team is probably pretty good too, right?" Nope. But no, hold on. Let me finish my diatribe on Real Madrid. Okay, <laughs> we're both grumpy These, today. We got some good stuff today. Madrid, it's the it's the international break. We're just I angry. We're hate it. Games I'm angry. To look to. <laughs> Madridistas are comfortably, and I'm talking about Yankee fans. I'm talking about Cowboys fans. I'm talking about Laker fans. I'm talking about all of the worst fans you can think of. Eagles fans in America. Cardinals. Cardinals. They're up there. You're right. They're the worst. <laughs> they are 10 times worse than a fucking mutant baby of all of the worst fans in the United States because they sit there. And they basically have two games that matter in their domestic season against Barcelona. And they expect to win everything. Okay. Now, Yankees fans expect to have success, but we appreciate when we get when we get it and when we win, right? And we hate when the Red Sox win and whatever. Fine. But Zinedine Zidane won the Champions League not once, not twice, three times in a fucking row. And then he didn't. And in that fourth season, they're like, get the fuck out. I'm sorry. Well, he, he won the league the year they didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they still were like, hey, don't let the door hit you on the ass, pal. Thanks for the thanks for the. No, memories. he walked, though. He walked. He understood. Yeah, well, yeah, no, he knew it was. But but again, there was calling for his job. If you win three Champions Leagues in a row, you should be able to walk out onto the field with a shirt and tie and bare ass dick <laughs> flopping out with, for every with game a, you coach for the rest of your career. Because you also that's wait, a you're, reminder. You're, you're, wait, you're missing one very important accoutrement that you should be allowed to have, which is a rubber clown head stuck on your dick. Anything you want. Anything you want. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. But Anything you want. You should be able to. <laughs> Be pantsless, coaching pantsless as a uh-huh. as a signal reminder to say I can do whatever the fuck I want for the rest of my life in this town because yeah. I won the biggest trophy in the world yeah. three times in a and row. And he got that team to play. To be fair, like he's yeah, done. They were that a mess played, when he They played up. really good defense, which was weird. Yeah, yeah, I I I I understand what you're saying. There is a weird entitlement. A weird now. The one thing is they're not violent, as far as we know. No, they don't go around killing complacent. People. They're yeah. whiny complacent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it it they are interesting, but I do I do see this weird what I mean by the US men national team and, and Madrid is, yeah, is, del- is, is is that they're delusional. Is that sure. people who follow the US men's national team are delusional. They think that 
we should be playing and have Pep Guardiola as our coach and that people want that. What people want is what all is what all fans want. What we want is a team that fights and represents the country well, not whether they can play the ball out from the back, right? The best American teams are three yards in a cloud of dust, Sam Allardyce type <laughs> they're, teams. They're Big Ten football. Yeah, yeah, they they are right now. The, the the makeup of the team is changing. We do have more players, but to play the high level that people expect us to play, that Bielhalter was hired to play because he played that at Columbus fuck does that mean um it, we're not there and we can't break teams down and i have seen especially the honduras game which was incredible some of the worst football i have ever seen has been played by the u.s sure. men's national team yeah. and i mean ever that i've ever seen <laughs> and you go to san diego loyal games they're um, awesome what, are you kidding it's landon no, donovan no. should be the coach of the national team he'd be great you know what he might actually be angling for that in a few years now that i now he that you say ML, it out he loud needs a, he needs an mls job though. no i know but that's the that's natural progression right um he had he had the rsl job lined up and he let me like, let me I'm challenge not, that question let me let me challenge that point we have pulisic we have mckinney we have adams we have tim way we have you know player numerous players playing peppy, overseas peppy, we, people have gone nuts over the peppy sure but what i'm saying is that we have more World class is not the term, but worldly players than we ever have before, right? We have players being exposed and challenged and succeeding at very high levels in the best leagues in the world, at very good clubs. We have squad so, players who play on European teams. Okay. that's um, My point is still valid, though. Understand right? where we came from. Right? No, no, if I understand going, that. We have squad players. To, sure, fine. I'm not arguing that. But nonetheless, these are we players. We used to have nothing. <laughs> but these are players who can play a cohesive, attractive brand of football. Your Don, your you know, your Donovans, your Dempseys, your you know, your Jermaine Joneses from the the yesteryear. These were not well. Jones maybe a little bit less of a good example, but like these were not players who could play an 11 man cohesive unit and play the game. Right. It was what? it was counterattacking. It was Burnley. Yeah. We the were thing, Burnley the, for yeah, 20 years. But, yeah. But good at it. I think the issue I yeah. have that when I look at the Ameri the national team is. Is a, a, a lack of. Fight and spirit, which is like things that you can do. Right. I think Adams has it. McKinney has it. Pulisic definitely has it. He feels the responsibility of the shirt, but they don't. As a group, and I like Aronson quite a bit, but I, I I don't. The issue I have is I don't think Burhalter is that good of a coach. Sure, I don't no, think that. Not. I think national team games are tough. I think that there's a lack of street fight in the team, if you will, especially in the context of Concacaf, where it's all yeah. street fight. Yep, that's all it yep. is. Yep. Right, and it's so it's almost like, and this is going to sound silly. It's almost like this side in the way that they're trying to play would be better off in, in Europe trying trying to yeah, trying to qualify, to qualify out of, out of Europe right. than they would be in CONCACAF. I get that. Right. I get right. that. But here's the thing. They're not worried about CONCACAF. Should they be? Trinidad and Tobago says they should, but they should be. I you have to all right, look. 
this is not about the 2022 World Cup. It's sort of about the 2026 World Cup, yeah. mostly because we're hosting it, but it's about the progression of the U.S. men's national team as a program, right? Quinsman tried. He, he did tried. the right thing. He, he did the right thing. A, he just wasn't a good coach. But he put a couple of band-aids on the problem. He didn't bring players through. He br literally brought in imported European, replacements. Yeah. So Dex, he, Dex, he didn't. Uh, what was that guy's name? Mix Discarude. Mix Discarude. Yeah, that dude stunk. Dix Mix but like, Discarude. <laughs> but so, the, but the, my point is, he never where he wanted to succeed, which is basically what Germany did after what the what was it the two. 2002 world cup yeah right they had that project 20 years or whatever the fuck they yeah. call it it worked it worked but it's because it went down to the literal youth levels of football and brought everybody up we right you we rose don't do that a rising tide oh well football boats right? we have done a lot there has been a lot of players we have done have a lot through. but basically what what we asked what jürgen quinn's been asked to do was what he what he saw happen and was part of in germany yeah and it's like oh okay cool man Hey, Germany is the size of half of Florida. <laughs> we have wow. fucking 50 of those. Uh, so it's yeah. going to be a little tougher. To well, coordinate. I mean, there, there is a lot. There is one thing that America doesn't do well, and it is large bureaucracy. We're really shit. Right, right, like, right, right. We're awful at it. We it's just almost don't as have... if it's actually by design. But yeah, it's almost if it's by design. Right, right. Like there but, might be good states, good sections, good teams. You've got a hotbed going on in Texas around uh, FC Dallas. That's where Pepe comes from. You've right. got a good group. Southern California, where I live here in Chula Vista, San Diego, does a really and, good job. Does such a good Florida's job that half, that half the guys go to Mexico because oh, and it's Americans so, oh, don't see it. And Florida, you've got the IMG Academy. Yeah. Like, oh, it's weird. It's almost like places where you can play this fucking game 365 days a year are better right like, well the europeans play it all year round and, and the I weather get it. shit but what i'm telling you is in the northern states they don't go out they play different shit oh yeah, they, yeah. well we have football. a lot of sports but but what what we have to talk about is that this is a mexico game being played huge. in the great state of ohio the only place that is either too far or too hostile or too far and hostile to it's get a white or two <laughs> well, there's a lot of latinos in ohio uh yeah. to, but may, you know but but two two something to get a predominantly mexico crowd into the stadium and make money for the u.s national team so this is going to test that like, though because it's in cincinnati and i believe at the bengals stadium so it's in an nfl size stadium it's not in, um, no 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 that's not right it can't oh no it's not it's in it's in fc cincinnati or whatever it's the fuck they're be. called it's got okay be. all right so i stand corrected so then it i mean is, i'm gonna check Okay, I actually now that I say that out loud, I think you're actually right. But it's Columbus is effectively mecca for U.S. men's national team, U.S. soccer, right? And yeah, it's because this is the home of SC Cincinnati. Yes, that's right. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, then they should be able to shutter the doors and keep it to have an, an, a legitimate home field advantage. Why? Uh, why they haven't been able to replicate that in other places in the country. I'm not asking for the Rose Bowl. I'm not asking for the Meadowlands. But, you know, other places, uh, when they come to Orlando, that's a small stadium. They should be able to pack it out. Uh, it is not – they pack it out. I'm not questioning that. They should be able to pack it out with red, white, and blue, and they don't. Um, but nonetheless, um, this should be, on paper, a very – advantageous game for the u.s to win and additionally 
Now the Mexicans hate, you know, this rivalry is just different, right? It just is relative to most games that these players on either side will play on the club or national level. But if there ever was a U.S. Mexico game where Mexico is like, eh, it's this one because yeah, they got a two point lead and they're fine. They're fine. Even if they lose this game, they're, they're fine. fine. However, they're coming off of two losses to the U.S. on the bounce. Both resulted in trophies for the U.S. men's national team. That's not going to sit well with them. They, well, no, it matters. They have to win. It's not. There's no. It's not, well, like it's not like a, we were talking about with the Qatar thing. It's not one of these options where they can take the foot off the gas. Losing to the United States, no matter what and when, for Mexico is bad and a catastrophe. Yes, you're right. Like it's the kind of game that if it's three nil, the coach gets fired. Like, yeah, it's yeah, crazy yeah. shit like that, right? Like, yes, yeah. I mean Tata Martino's not getting fired, but you know, it's it's not a joke. Like it's much more mm-hmm. serious in the U.S. And I think one of the things that a lot of the Mexican American uh, pundits, right, Herc, Herc Gomez is the one I'm thinking of, Seb Salazar to the lesser extent, is in a way where America needs to go. We need to be outraged at bad results and call sure. for the fucking ball holder's head. And that's starting. I think fundamentally for a national team, that's good. People should be like, we fucking lost. Like when Liverpool, it's an important step, right? Right. When Liverpool, when when City, when United lose to Liverpool five nil, they should want the coach to be fired. This is bigger. This is worth five losses in a row. This is my right. pride. This is me. I identify with this club. I identify as a U.S. as a as a U.S. citizen of whatever. This is my team. You don't lose this fucking game. Go and if you are gonna lose, take somebody with you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there it is. Right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's the importance placed on the game, right? Because at the end of the day, I don't want to draw. Go either, fucking win that game. Either of these teams, if they lose the first game tomorrow against uh, against. Mexico or U.S. And then they win. The U.S. has Honduras afterwards. I don't remember who the Mexicans have. But if they win that game, they're fucking fine. But well, the, the whole system is designed for them to go through. The U.S. has Jamaica in Jamaica. And, That'll actually be tough. Okay, so I think the Mexicans have Honduras. Nonetheless, the point is, is that they haven't also ran from, from oh, CONCACAF. Mexico has Canada in Canada. Okay, so let's pivot. Juicy! I know you want to I know you want to talk about our Canadian friends. Oh, um, baby. I love Canada. Massive. <laughs> Two massive games for the Canadians. Where are they? Where are they in the Concacaf table right They're now? They're third. They're behind the U.S. So they are the last auto bid right now. They are probably going to get the auto bid. Who's Most in four? Uh, Panama. Panama's in four, which means Costa Rica is a little bit further down the chart. They're going to be playing desperate football tomorrow. Yeah. Um, they're going to go to Canada in November. That's certainly not a place that. Costa Rica likes to play. It reminds of. I'm the, not sure if it's. It might be indoor for all. It I reminds know. of the. Um, and if if our friend of the show Andy is still listening at this point, the uh, the Costa Ricans in the snow in Denver, the the Clint Dempsey. Uh, oh, I think it was two nil. Oh, that was great. great. That was Classic. awesome. Uh, they hated that. That, oh, that, that was, was one fun. of those. Mo- you know what we don't talk about enough is, and I wonder how it can be quantified is how much damage did missing the World Cup do to the U.S. men's national team. Um, That's an interesting question to me. I weirdly don't think much because they were so like did missing the World Cup do more damage than going 0 3 at the World Cup, pulling a 98. Absolutely. 
You think so? Absolutely. You think getting humiliated on the world stage is is better Absolutely. than getting humiliated yes. on your own stage? Absolutely. Because you get you get to be at the party. You're not when you miss the World Cup, you're yeah, not even at the party. If you can go to the party and you have three shots and throw up and go home, that's fine. But at but least you got invited. One of the things everybody talked about at the party is how you fucking threw up on that. Hot yeah, but girl you're a, shoes. you're a legend. You're a legend for life. Oh, right? you were there. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> this is this is uh, it's it's bad either way, right? I I, I don't I don't know, and I, and I think we can all agree that if the, if they had backed into the World Cup somehow, um, that would have probably been the outcome. So, I that's the problem you need to say. Did it do tremendous damage? Of course it did. But yeah. would it have done that much less damage than going 0-3 in humiliating fashion and going home before the fucking uh, knockout stages, like landing before the knockout stages even started? I don't know. Probably more damage, but not as much more damage as it may feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Canadian team is So, yeah, playing, let's talk about Canada. Is, is playing great. They have the best striker in CONCACAF, in David, mm -hmm. Jonathan yeah. David, who plays at Lille. They have the best midfielder slash left back in, the best player in CONCACAF. We've in, talked uh, about him. In Alfonso Davies. And they have the best coach of the whole group. Well, maybe. Well, Tata uh, Martino. Well, this guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was the women's uh, coach for a while. He was the women's coach. He's a yeah, winner. I remember. Uh, he's he's out of Sunderland. And, but he is running the whole thing from top to bottom and getting results. So I've heard I heard him interviewed. He was on the Atlantic uh, podcast, and he was just a really impressive the guy. Yeah, the yeah. athletic that one, not yeah. the Atlantic. Uh, <laughs> really impressive guy. Seemed to have the whole whole thing sorted out. Understood what he wanted to do. He does have the uh, sorry John Herdman. There you go. He does have twenty six in mind, not twenty two. So not this one, sure. but the next one. But what his challenge is, and it makes sense, is he's trying to get Canada to be unified behind the shirt because they have the diversity problem that we have. They've had great pockets of Italians, great pockets of Serbians, great pockets of, of Ghanaians, of, of, Ghanaians yeah. great. Po but he's finally getting people behind the shirt. And yeah. if Canada, Canada does is a great country around and we have to wrap up soon is a great country around representative sports like they get behind their teams like if they can somehow translate the love or the energy that is behind hockey they and, can no, no, and, and, and olympic sports Let's and their swimmers and their runners like if they can They're get that energy it. yeah if they, they can have get one that, baseball team right exactly they have a very small amount of hockey teams in the NHL, which sounds ass backwards, but it's the way it is, right? They have six, I think, Canadian teams. But they have all of the minor league hockey. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, fine. But the point is, is that they come together, they unify over sport much, much better than any. Shit, they'll get behind uh, a fucking biathlete who's shooting guns and skiing. Like right. that person becomes famous. <laughs> and again, this is where generally. In the summer, there's this complete void. The only thing going on in Canada in the summer is the fucking Blue Jays, right? Yeah. So if this World Cup were in the summer, and again, they're going to be a co-host in 2026. So this is effectively, you're right. This is their dress rehearsal. This is yeah, their, they need let's to get, get your feet yeah. right. 
You know, yeah. let's let's see what the world stage actually looks like for these players. Get them that experience, and then in four years, Jesus Christ, could you imagine what Alfonso Davies is going to look like in four years? So Davies you're... is twenty one. Jonathan David is twenty one. Tejan Buchanan, who's part of the record breaking New England Revolution, is twenty two. This team is young. That's what I'm saying. Kyle Lyons, hitting uh, the their old stride. head. He's twenty six. They have a right. bunch of old guys, but they're like the guys who just. He's he's purposefully keeping old guys on the team to give the continuity of the shirt. Mm-hmm. And if Canada can get behind this team, and I think they can, they most certainly can. They don't have the Mexico thing that 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 the U.S. does. And and Canada was in the World Cup in '86, and that's the last time. And like they're really on a starvation diet here. Uh, they're really really good. They play as a unit. They are the opposite. I like to hammer on United and Ole because they just make a difference. He has United playing worse than the sum of its parts, and Canada is better than the sum of its parts. Yeah, absolutely. And we have seen teams with single outstanding players who play as a unit play really well. So Wales, well, that's, Wales that's an with Bale and Alfonso, Alfonso and Bale can can be mirrors of each other. Like they are. They Alfonso can look are. at Bale yeah. and go, "I got this." Right. I know what exactly. Do yeah. That's very similar. We talked about, we made that comparison on the show before. So yeah. uh, we're going to take predictions for the U S men's national team against Mexico in Cincinnati tomorrow. And then we're going to get the fuck out of here. But Laurent, what do you have? I want Burr to lose and be fired because I like to see the schadenfreude of American fans lose their mind. I see three, uh, one to uh, wow. Mexico. Okay. <laughs> Because John Brooks didn't play. Because of John Brooks? I have Tyler Adams in the lineup. I have Weston McKinney in the lineup. I have Christian Pulisic in the lineup, who loves a goal against Mexico. I have, in Ohio, Dos Acero, U.S. Mexico nil, which, by the way, Mike's best bets is plus 1,000 right now. I I have a best bet. Are you ready? 2-0. My, I, I, I have my bet, but my, I, I'll actually bet on my, on my score just to be a pain in the ass. But my super huge bet for the week is Moldova plus fifteen fifty to Scotland. <laughs> Why Scotland away against Moldova? Why? Because yes. it's Scotland, and Scotland blow it. They've yep. got. Everyone behind them. They even have a song of Let's Boogie. They're all so close. This is the most Scotland thing to do is to lose a game away against Moldova as a with a team that's plus 1550 against them. They can never be favorites. There They've will lost never to, be a boogie. They lost to the Faroe fucking Scotland. islands. They're gonna lose to Moldova. I'm telling you. Put like the it. house on this one. <laughs> Do not put the house on it. Do put not 20 put bucks the house on, on this. Put the 20, put, put 20 bucks on it. Put the dog house on it. Okay. Well, speaking of dog house, I got to go beat the shit out of my, my dog. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go. Here we go. That was the squeaky bum time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of Das Chop Sports Network. Yeah. <laughs> we record on Tuesdays and Fridays. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode and if you're listening on apple please rate and review the show and if you hate us please rate and review the show because you <laughs> could be on it 